welcome to the Modern Leader Podcast. This is a podcast on a mission to discover what the modern leader looks like. We sit down with some of the best leadership minds to hear how they've been challenged, how they think and feel, but most importantly, what they've learned. My name is Brookline and I'm your host. Our next guest on the Modern Leader podcast is a change leader and chief digital officer with experience working across various sectors such as retail, financial services and facilities. A real leader of people with a passion for building and developing high-performing teams. And I've been super excited to dig into this today. Uh, welcoming Navapal. How are you doing? I'm good, Brooke. Yeah, how are you? I'm yeah, good. I'm excited. I'm really happy that you're here. Um, because we've been, I mean, we've been speaking a while now. Um, so it is really cool to have you on the Modern Leader podcast. So thank you so much for doing this. No, it's an absolute pleasure being here. Um, I've got to say that was uh, that was uh, one good introduction. Not sure I live <laughs> up to that billing. Uh, but no, really excited to be taking part uh, in this and kind of sharing my thoughts uh, and opinions on today's topics. Mm, fantastic. Well, it's really good to have you on. Um, firstly, congratulations is in order. Um, you're starting your new role soon, um, but it'd be good to hear about that and also about your leadership journey so far. Um, it, I was quite lucky, actually, in terms of you know the industry that you clearly work in. And when you're reached out by a recruiter, you always, I always listen. I think it's important to know what's happening in the marketplace, keeping an eye to the ground. Um, but you always are comfortable in your current role. When this opportunity came up, I definitely wanted to hear more about it. It seemed like a challenging uh, role. And when I spoke more and more to the recruiter and actually to uh, Pulsant themselves, um, it was something that I just really was keen to do to take myself to the next level. Um, and Pulsant definitely is, is, I guess, one of the pinnacles right now of my leadership journey, uh, joining as Chief Digital Officer. And um, when I look back, I think, you know, even from a young age, when people put their hands up for who wants to kind of lead the team or be the manager, um, I always was, was engaged with doing that. It's probably from me being a Virgo, I think, uh, always wanted to take control. Um, I think that's where it started. But over over my last couple of roles, it's very much understanding the team so if I look back probably Morrison's was my start of leadership journey heading up um, supply chain systems improvements there a team of 200 and we were doing so much um, transformation at Morrison's there was no way I could understand it all so at that point it was very much a reflective point to say right I'm actually needing to make sure all the team the different um programs that we were working on were all pulling in the same direction and they all understood the end game in three, five, ten years time. So my role really changed there from doing, as I'd done in the past at Co-op, IPF, Morrison's, where it was actually leading programs, um, actually, sorry, program delivery, to this role where it was very much putting the vision together, putting that plan together, but then also making sure delivery was being aligned to that. And I absolutely enjoyed that so much. Thoroughly enjoyable to see that change land, how the jigsaw pieces were coming together. Um, and from there, JLA um, offered me a kind of similar role as tech director. So it's much smaller organisation, looking at even more facets of change around digital, cyber, uh, moving to the cloud. So again, really, really enjoyed that. And also doing that with a much smaller team. So I was kind of closer to them. So leadership for me, probably past five years has very much been focused on setting that vision, understanding where to go, 
but also bringing that team with you on that journey um, so it's all efficient, effective um, and kind of cohesive as one and hoping to do the same um, as that at Pulsant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what I'm really interested in understanding from you, Nav, is how do you land into a new team, an organisation then? That's a really good question. Um, and I've done a, quite a few roles in the past. Um, I've never been anywhere for more than a couple of years, just different circumstances. So I've had a lot of experience of being parachuted in or landing into a new role, as you say. My first, um, I guess, couple of roles, you kind of walk in and you think you know it all. And I very quickly learned that's not the case. So for me, it's very much listening, understanding, and really appreciating what the existing business that you walk into has already achieved and what it's trying to achieve. Um, and especially around the people, it's it's kind of understanding the people, the culture, as I've said, and what makes them and the business tick. I mean, there's a reason these businesses are successful already. You kind of want to go in and add more value. So for me, it's really listen, understand, and then see where you can make your mark and move forward. Sure. I imagine it's um, not to upset the status quo. Exactly. Yeah. You want to keep it going. It's, you know, uh, all good old analogies, um, engine in the car while it's going, engine in a plane while it's running. You want to blend what you can bring to the situation into what its currently successes are. And it's that mix, I think, that makes new people coming into an organisation really succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, no two teams are the same. No two businesses are the same. We've all, we've all, we all know that. So it's really giving time to listen, adapt, understand what that team, what that business is achieving. Um, but at the same time, being clear on what you are bringing to the table, you know, setting expectations. If there's a different way of working that you know has worked for you in the past, you know, 20 plus years, you want to bring those skills and that experience. I mean, that's kind of why you're hired into these positions to change what areas you think you can based on where you've been successful in the past. So setting expectations, meaning kind of setting a vision. Vision, ways of working, um, what you like, what you don't like. Um, I think it's important you get to know each other as people as well. Um, ultimately, we're spending a lot of time with with these colleagues and new teams and, and new stakeholders. So it's a mixture of, yeah, what works for you professionally, personally as well, but also, yes, definitely the vision. Um, you know, once you've understood that, created that strategy, created the purpose of what you're there to achieve, you have to share that with your team, the wider business, and even externally. So setting a vision, obviously that's really important. But what what are you doing to create a shared vision you know, and changing the beliefs of the team? And I guess why is, why is a shared vision important? I think for me, the vision comes with the why. So why are we in business? What do we want to achieve? And it's really important that the team understands that, but also, as I said, the wider stakeholders and, and the business we need to understand how we contribute to that vision. People talk a lot now about a purpose. If your purpose doesn't match the company's vision, are you ever going to give your 110%? Are you always going to care enough to go that extra mile? So it's important, I believe, that all colleagues understand what this business is here for, what it's trying to achieve, what its successes will be, and linking that back to you as a person. So that's why it's really important um, to understand the vision. 
you want people to care. You know, not everyone will 100% care or align themselves to that vision. And that's fine. And that goes back to my early point about understanding people. But it is critical that we understand the why of why that business um, is here. Mm-hmm. How do you go about explaining the why to both the technical teams and the executive board? I imagine those are two different conversations, or are they? I think the themes are similar in terms of back to the why. They all need to understand the, the rationale behind what we're doing. I think the messaging can be and should be different. I think for your team, it's very much um, a cascade because you know you'd expect the vision to be set from top down. They understand the business priorities, what the objectives are, and then that then is cascaded to the teams to get their involvement to actually implement the vision through transformative change. Presenting the vision, the strategy to the board to get their buy-in is going to rely a lot more on metrics, quantifying the benefits, how this will be implemented to get that approval to actually go ahead and implement it. So for me, in this situation, I guess, is the jam between the sandwich. Mm -hmm. You know, the top layer, you want the buy-in to actually what you want to achieve. And the bottom layer is actually where you're going to drill down to implement that change. So it's very different messages but the themes behind it of the why should be the same. Mm-hmm. Nav, what do you think the best piece of advice that you received is? I um, I have a key question uh, that I always ask back in interviews. Um, you know, you're being interviewed by very senior people who've been there and done that. And it's my one opportunity to learn from them. So my question to them has, has been exactly what you've asked me. You know, if there's one thing you can you can pass on as information, what would it be? And I've been surprised by the number of people who've said the same thing, which is always surround yourself with the right team. Mm-hmm. And then they go on and elaborate that, you know, as a leader, you're not meant to know it all. You're meant to set the vision. You're meant to set the standards. You're meant to lead from the front, but actually you don't know the nuts and the bolts. You don't know how things work and, and you're not meant to. But the people around you, the team should absolutely know that. And it's important to build that team around you that does. Um, So that's the best piece of advice that I've been given and that I continue to um, take on myself, which is definitely build, uh, build a good team around you that know what's happening, that can be supportive, engaging, but also challenging you at the same time. So is that what good looks like? It's the engaging, it's the challenging part. Definitely. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time with these people. You want to get on with them. You want to get on with them personally as well. I mean, if you look back through your life, I mean, yes, your achievements are are massive and you remember those, but you also remember the relationships. You remember how you got there. You remember your school friends, your university friends, friends from now. I mean, that's kind of what life's about for me. So having the right people that you can rely on, but challenge you and guide you um, and you them, that for me, uh, makes a successful workplace. Um, I think Richard Branson said it, look after your colleagues, they'll look after your customers. And I think that that's an absolutely fair statement. On the topic of building teams, what is your process to building the right team? For me, it's again, going back to that listening. So I think any team can be the right team with the right uh, leader and the right mix. Um, so whenever I've gone into an organisation, I've not kind of, ever, I believe, if I look back now or think back, um, said that these people are not the right people. I need to bring in my own people. I don't think that's the way. I think it's very much understanding the skills of what's there 
and maybe shuffling around some chess pieces to say, actually, I see you more in the change field. I see you more better in service or I see you more being in the architect side. So it's understanding what skill sets they've, they've already got, an area that they might want to go into and actually making that all align. So it's very much stepping back, listening to their skills, understanding back to the vision, the strategy, what we're trying to achieve and aligning that together. And yes, if there's some gaps, you go out to the market and fill it. But I don't think that's always the answer. I think it's very much coaching and developing potentially what you've got and then the gaps will fill themselves. Mm -hmm. One topic that's come up um, a lot over the last couple of years or so is hybrid working. And I think a lot of organisations have struggled with this. Um, So how have you had to adapt to hybrid working and maintaining that high-performance team? It's a really good point. And I think a lot of leaders are faced with this challenge today um, in, in every industry. And you see, you know, with Google, Apple, everyone's kind of having the same conversations. But for me, it's about flexibility. I think it goes back to people are different after COVID. People have to look after their kids, um, even pets in some circumstances, um, and you have to give that flexibility. Otherwise, you know, we're in danger of losing our people. Um, I think it's important also to not rely on bums on seats. Um, it's more about task completion for me. And if that tasks can be completed in the team dynamics of flexible working, I can't see an issue with that. I think the one area that is important and you can't build a team, I still don't think you can build a team without without kind of some physical presence together. But I always think of like whiteboard sessions or kind of team events. And again, back to the early question of how do you how do you how do you kind of cascade down a vision and a strategy? That's so much easier and more engaging in a room than over a screen. You get so much more to and fro, you get questions, and it's just that understanding the physical person as well. I mean, you know, everyone kind of says, well, if you do a presentation, 70% is body language. Mm-hmm. You can't see that when you just see head and shoulders. So I think you have to be flexible, but it's also important that the team understands getting together is also just as critical. Um, and so I think you have to mix the two. I, I think it's a non-negotiable that it's five days from home forever. I just mm-hmm. don't think that works. I don't think that builds the right team environment uh, in a team that I would be looking uh, to create. I think there's a there's a blend there that can be successful for everyone. If for a leader that is moving into a new role, who is adamant that hybrid working two, three days a week in the office is key, how does that person that is moving into a, a team that is fully remote, what would they need to do to start transitioning people back into the office? I think it's, I mean, I've been lucky there where um, that's kind of been driven by the business and actually colleagues have wanted to come in. So I guess I've been lucky in this position. Um, but if I was, if I faced that challenge, it would very much be explaining again the rationale behind it. So if you're coming into the office, this is why you know, we're not coming in just to kind of have you on a seat just so we can see you. But actually, we want to share this message with you. We want to get your input into these critical areas of the business. And I think once you can start on that footing, people themselves will see actually coming into the office is, is the right thing to do. We're getting more out of this. We're being more productive and we're getting to meet our colleagues more. So it's very much, I think, you know, with any with any change, with any um, transformation program, with anything we do, even with our kids, 
it's important to explain why we are doing this. And I think if you can do that, uh, it's difficult for colleagues and kids and whoever else to actually argue the point. If your why is not strong enough, then that's on you to go and figure that out and actually develop that. So it is. Nab, those are all my questions today. So thank you so much. Um, it's been a, a real pleasure to have you on. Oh, it's been it's been amazing. Thank you so much, Brooke, for giving uh, me the opportunity. And I hope I've said a few things that people can take away and make a change in their uh, working lives, working cultures. Uh, and if anyone has any other questions, happy to uh, happy to be engaged in them. Amazing. Thanks, Nav. <laughs>